Well, the people that I played code names with, um, now they get together to play all kinds of games. Like they play oh. one which is called like Itchy. No, sorry, not Itchy. It's called Scrublio. I've. I think you told me about that. I haven't played it before. I am really bad at it, and I don't like <laughs> it. It's like a Pictionary thing. <laughs> Um, and there's two things that I don't like about it. One is, so we were playing with three of us and one is like, so I was playing with these two guys who are like best friends and totally like on the same wavelength all the Mm -hmm. time. Like once they wanted to get, um, like teacher, oh no, they wanted to get I teacher and like apple or something and they put like retina and i was like how the fuck is retina apple and they were like you know the retina display they both said it like instantaneously (laughs) like they're both the same person but anyway so i was playing with them and one of them would draw like a triangle and then it would be like peter's guess the word and then there would be two more minutes of the person like adding to the triangle and mean me the only person that hadn't gotten it typing words in that everyone can see and just consistently getting it wrong. And I would be like, this is the, my worst possible nightmare. Like if I, if my subconscious wrote like a situation, it would be almost identical to this <laughs> for nightmare. Killer Hills 1304. Well, I can probably do that too if we need to, but if this is fine, I'll just leave yeah, it. Yeah, this sounds this. totally great, actually. Oh, I'm so okay, psyched. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about how you had a sense of foreboding about this, and that makes like perfect yeah. sense because think about our podcast. One of the main things about it is that we're not really trying that hard. Like we're sort of trying, but it's like it, it it's not taking the full force of our creative efforts to craft it. Yeah. But then once you get a microphone, like you've demonstrated at least some degree of care or like some degree <laughs> of like effort. Yeah. So yeah. then it's like you I can think... only fail if you're making an effort. Pre-effort, <laughs> there's no chance of failure. So by having a microphone, you've introduced the possibility of failure. I think the reason that I had a sense of foreboding was that every time we try anything to make the podcast, like, better or more professional, like, something goes cosmically wrong, like, your computer stops working. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, the day after we decided to have a recording schedule, your computer just died. (laughs) Well, it's even worse than that, Sam, because the day after we decided to have a recording schedule, I killed my computer. (laughs) Like, there's no, like, Lucas and I have talked about this a lot. There's no possibility of you interpreting that event as the universe works against me succeeding. You can only interpret it as self-sabotage. Yeah, that I, like, that's definitely self-sabotage. The most (laughs) crystal clear example of (laughs) self-sabotage. Yeah, true. But anyway, whatever, like, I'm kind of becoming a bit more pro-failure. Yeah, I've always been pro-failure. 
I found a, a list of, I mean, it's funny because the first rule of Metapod is you cannot fail at Metapod. <laughs> and the yeah. second rule is there are only two rules to Metapod. <laughs> Which I stand by. But I, wrote, I found this um, thing that I'd written to myself like years ago, I guess, where it said, what advice do you wish people had given to you when you're in high school? And I'd written, I wish people had told me failure was no big deal and that like public humiliation just like passes and <laughs> like yeah. it's not really, it doesn't really matter actually. And yeah, man, whoever the, that person was, they're a lot smarter than me. I'm on the downward slide. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like they really had their shit together. <laughs> oh, I don't think you're on a downward slide. I, do. I peaked at 12, dude. I was like, I was like school <laughs> captain or whatever. And then that was it for me. <laughs> I think I've kind of plateaued. I think that this is the best it's going to get. I've got my life relatively together. I make my bed every morning. I've never been more unemployed in my entire life than I am right now. And it's kind of great because there's enough money to live on from the government, which I'm very grateful for. But I feel like I was thinking about this the other day and I feel like maybe that this is what like like noblemen, scientists and philosophers and stuff in the ye oldie times must have felt like, where you just, like, wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I wonder what I'll do today. Got no immediate, like, needs that I need to take care of for my survival, so maybe I'll paint a picture or maybe I'll think about maths or whatever, you know, like a real Tico Brahe uh, lifestyle. Yeah, the the wild thing is is we all could have been the Renaissance man for, like, just so (laughs) long. (laughs) this is what we could have except you guys just love capitalism so much (laughs) yeah i think you already know this story but um cat came over the other day and i was drawing tiny little one centimeter by one centimeter tiles for a diorama that i'm making for a video that i want to make for a um, video club that i do with some people in adelaide called no foe slow-mo no fi low fi <laughs> Just a little peek into the inside of the workings of my brain. <laughs> I just replaced every <laughs> word in the name of it. Anyway. Yeah, I'd spent hours drawing these tiny, tiny little tiles and Kat came over and was like, what are you doing? And I told her and she was like, wow, we really are so unemployed. <laughs> okay, I saw those tiles and they are fucking good. <laughs> they are really good. They look awesome. I'm yeah, I'm really happy with them. Pro- I thought you were just getting into dioramas. I didn't know that it was a little model. Model making yeah. is awesome. <laughs> I trained to be a model maker. That's like what I wanted to do with my life. But the it's really fun. The Matrix wrecked it. Yeah, classic. The day of my graduation, the Matrix came out. <laughs> I thought you meant. I thought you meant like um, uh, metaphorically the Matrix. No, the actual movie, the Matrix, made CGI really cheap. Now no one needs models anymore. This is not a metaphor. That was the first of many times that I would acquire a skill which would simultaneously become unnecessary. Yeah, look, I was thinking about it while I was drawing the tiny tiles and I because I've worked in the film industry and it 
have first-hand knowledge of how wasteful it is. The whole time I was doing the model, I was just thinking, wow, this is so much better resource-wise. Like if we could only like have tiny little sets and tiny little people acting in them, the footprint of the film industry would be way more um, morally defensible. Yeah, we just need to find a way to shrink actors down to fit into smaller and smaller (laughs) sets. Just make them act in front of a green screen. Problem solved. I once wrote Lucas a postcard that said that he was the only person in the world that I would allow to be shrunk down into a microscopic size in a tiny submergible machine and swim around inside of my body, which was (laughs) a reference to um, a film that we'd watched together that he'd forgotten or, like, hadn't been paying attention to. So he was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Kind of a love letter is this? This is fucked up. And we'd only just started dating as well. And I'd gone on a holiday to Noosa with my mum. What he must have thought, like what kind of person he must have thought I was. Anyway, so then. Probably pretty accurate, whatever he thought. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Um, Anyway, so then I asked him, like, would you allow me to do that? And he was like, no way. That's disgusting. That's the worst thing I can imagine you being a tiny, like, like microscopic swimming inside of me that's horrible and I said obviously the worst thing would be if I was inside of you then I suddenly came back to full size that's clearly (laughs) the worst thing you can imagine and he was so upset (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't understand why whenever he says such and such is the worst thing ever I always have to be like no this is the worst thing ever (laughs) can't let it be hyperbole you have to like yeah but imagine like your body exploding with a full-size person inside of you like going back to regular size oh it's so fucked it's like anyway i try to imagine it often just to creep myself out also People who are afraid of eels don't listen to this next part, Lucas, but I recently learnt that eels can walk quite a long way on land. Would you call it walking, though? That seems like the wrong adjective. Verb. It's a verb. But anyway, yeah. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> Fuck, I hate myself. Yeah, I guess walking is... No, thank you. They sl- yeah, I guess maybe they, like, slither. But I was trying not... You know, I was trying to be sensitive to the eel phobics in the audience who hadn't taken my advice or couldn't find the skip button fast enough or something. Yeah, they kind of, like, ambulate in a gross uh-huh. but less snake-like because snakes are um just so well-designed. Yeah. They're pretty impressive. They're amazing, aren't they? Mm. And instead of being like, why don't you have legs, you dork? They just make me think like, oh, I've got all these extra appendages, unnecessary, inefficient. (laughs) (laughs) Snakes are way faster than humans. Yeah. And just so strong. Mm. I often think if 100% muscle. Yeah, if I designed a snake and showed it to a director to be like, this is what I've come up with, they'd be like, that'll never work. How does it get around? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Do you want to know a list of things that I did yesterday with my unemployment? Oh, my God. Yeah, definitely. Hit me. Oh, P.S. I, I had a request for some content from my friend Pete. Oh. He wanted yeah. good animal stories. And I don't think that that gross okay. eel <laughs> exploding human <laughs> snake thing fits the bill. So, anyway, we'll have to return to it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, tell me what um, you did with your so- unemployed time. I haven't written these down, but I'll try and remember everything I did yesterday. I worked on my diorama for NoFi Lo-Fi. I um, started editing another video for the same movie night, which I spent a day shooting the other day. I baked banana bread. I mopped the bathroom and the kitchen floor. I did two loads of laundry. I... Did I say baked banana bread? Yeah, I already said that. Before I baked the banana bread, I had to clean out the oven because, and this is very disgusting, I opened the oven to turn it on to start (gasps) the flame and I looked at the bottom of the oven and I was like, what the fuck is that? And it was mouse shit. (laughs) So I had to scrub out the oven, which was very gross. So I did that. and then I fed the stray cat that's been coming to visit us. Oh, yeah, you've been adopted by a cat. Yeah. Have you named it's really it? adorable. Okay, these are a list of its names so far. Okay. Number one, rat cat mm-hmm. because it looks like a rat. Number two, master splinter because it looks like a rat. Yeah, master Number splinter three, is really good. Mr. Miyagi. Have you been thinking about how um... – how a lot of people wearing masks give you real shredder vibes. <laughs> no. <I don't. laughs> anyway. but, I'm in Adelaide, so not no one's wearing masks. Oh, okay, really. yeah. Anyway, I've been like at the I was at the hardware store the other day and I was like, man, that guy's giving me real shredder vibes. He wears the mask because a rat scratched his face. That rat? Yeah. Splinter. I- <laughs> Um, all right. So, yeah, Rarikout, Master Splinter, Mr. Miyagi, is Mr. also Miyagi possum because, because it kind of, of the, like... um, is it, Karate is kid. it actually more like Mr. Miyagi? <laughs> yeah, Mr. Miyagi is really good. Yeah. Okay. What was, why, um, did, why was it possum? Mr. Miyagi? Huh? Why? Oh, because... He just was giving off like a um, karate master vibe. Oh, yeah, because of the splinter. Um, Jack named him Guahir of the Seven Winds, which is pretty good. Mm. What's going to beat Mr. Meowgi, though? Nothing. Tiny, tiny head, sad boy. I think that's all of the names that he has so far. Tiny is a good name for any kind of anything. Oh, he's very small. He's a real small boy. He's a kitty. He's a COVID kitty. Yeah, I think cats are really good um, because they, like, obviously want things from humans and they kind of want to hang out with humans, but they also maybe detest their position as, like, servants of humans or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, when I was um, co-owner of uh, my ex's cat, Sharon, we used to say all the time that if she was bigger or had, like, the slightest opportunity, she would definitely murder and eat us. Yeah. I mean, that's, but I think that's, that's my mum's dream. 
<laughs> Once I asked her what she wanted me to do with her body, and she said, I hope by the time you find me, the cats have eaten most of it. Jesus Christ. Which I think might have been a veiled dig that I don't call my mother enough. <laughs> but I was hanging out with the chickens in our backyard the other day, and I thought the chickens would also definitely murder and eat me if they could. So, you know, cats get a bad rap is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Actually, the natural instinct of most animals is to kill you. And the only reason they can't is because humans are a super predator. Yeah. Even before we started, um, you know, industrial farming, I have always thought that there should be, and I might still write it, a um, science fiction series where the humans are like the thing that you're terrified of. Like they're the, what do you mean? they're the, they're, you know, like we often have these aliens that come here and they think of humans like a plague of ants and the aliens are impossible to kill and they're hyper intelligent and they never tire and mm. they communicate telepathically or whatever. Mm. But I just imagine like a, you know, like a alien reporting to his you know, chief and being like, I don't know, boss, they just like pass <laughs> air through their throats and it makes these disgusting sounds and that's how they communicate with each other. And I <laughs> cut its fucking arm off and it just kept coming at me. It had been bleeding for days. I don't know, dude. I don't think they can be killed. You know, like just <laughs> the humans are so fucked. It, it seemed to need air, but then it went underwater for an extremely long amount of time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they cannot be stopped. And then I was thinking about how humans are persistence hunters, which from a horror movie perspective is the worst possible thing I can imagine, okay? Like you're a deer and you're really fast uh -huh. and you outrun a human uh -huh. and then you find a place to go to sleep and you go to sleep and when you wake up, the fucking human is outside your window. <laughs> <laughs> then you like run again because you're faster than it you're so tired you finally find a place to rest there's the human on the horizon like that's fucking terrifying yeah it's the terminator persistence for hunting sure. is fucked up and should be illegal <laughs> it should not even be allowed to come into my dreams it's clearly terrifying <laughs> Um, I was talking to my friend about how this cat has adopted us and how I want to try and eventually get it to a vet to get, like, desexed and get all its shots and everything. Um, and she was saying that she recently had to move house and the way she, like, got her cat used to um, the idea of travelling was to, like, put treats inside its um, travel cage thing. And just, like, let it jump in there and play around and then leave, like, lull it into a false sense of security. And it reminded me of a couple, like, when I was with my ex in New South Wales, we had to move house and we didn't have a cat carrier. And I guess we didn't have even a cardboard box because we just put the cat, like, loose in my van. And it just ran around the van screaming and shitting everywhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sam, what the hell? It was the worst thing that's ever happened. It must have been also, so upset. 
also it wanted to be up really high like it was trying to get as high as possible so it was kind of clawing at your face and like running across the backs of the seats in the back of the van and like just I've never seen such a look of terror on an animal's face um it was the worst but then after that we got a cat carrier actually I think I'm pretty sure we moved her again once without a cat carrier because I remember getting really mad at my ex for insisting that it would be okay this time and it definitely wasn't okay. So bad. Yeah. Um Lucas had to take when we lived in Brisbane, we just had one chicken, Rorschach, RSVP. Do you know I I recently learnt that RSVP is um fish face making fun of his stepdad <laughs> who um sometimes gets acronyms wrong he's spanish uh-huh. and also fish face has started saying that he's having he says <laughs> i'm having important computer issues what was i talking about oh yeah lucas had to bring rorschach home from brisbane to melbourne and uh, he just carried her in like a one of those plastic baskets. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much the cutest thing I've ever seen. Like just this <laughs> chicken inside a basket with its head sticking out one side and like Lucas holding the basket closed with the handles. It's adorable. So also, cute. can you imagine Lucas showing up with this one chicken at the airport having to pay like the hundreds <laughs> of dollars or whatever? So that our chicken could be <laughs> transported by plane. <laughs> also, he when he wrote to me to tell me about it, he was like, she just sat down like she was in a nest and um, went to sleep. And all of the all of the Qantas staff were amazed at how well behaved she was. <laughs> That's really adorable. <laughs> the most adorable thing is Lucas's pride. yeah um i have no idea how i'm gonna get this cat into any kind of like carrying container it's too wily it knows straight away when i'm about to like pick it up or try does it hate being picked up coax it into the house i mean i've picked it up before but if i think i think if i tried to like stand up and walk anywhere with it it would flip out and uh, run away but, um, I mean, you've I just got to be real guess... slow with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm a very impatient person, so I don't know. I I guess this is a good opportunity for me to, like, learn some patience. I'm going to rehabilitate it and just, like, make it – I just – with the mouse problem in the house, I feel like I've manifested this cat to come and help us. Yes, Mr. Meowgi, mouse killer. Yeah, well, you you clearly you need an ally. Yeah, I don't think this cat is capable of killing anything. It's extremely pathetic, and that I find that very endearing. It appears to be missing its front teeth, so it kind of drools when it's eating, which I think is so adorable. I've definitely got the brain virus that cats give you. Yeah. Yeah, that make you love. Which, them. like, that's pretty good, isn't it? Whoa, Sam! Get the text! Coming through in stereo.
party in Melbourne and there was this guy there called John West who everyone was like, oh, John West is here. He's like some fancy guy from, I don't know, he was like from London and he like was just like a real like club rat, whatever. He was just like some cool dude. And um, I was standing around in a conversation with him and he asked me for a drag of my cigarette, which was my last cigarette. Like I had no more tobacco and I was dead broke. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I gave him my cigarette to have a drag and he just put the whole thing in his mouth and swallowed it. Oh, what the fuck? Why? I, I don't know. I've got no idea. <laughs> I guess because he was just like some crazy, crazy wild guy or whatever. The thing I find the most annoying about that is that it's like he was obviously trying to impress you. <laughs> Maybe. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's like this thing that I do sometimes where I ask someone for their bottle cap and I ask them if they want to see a trick and then I flick it like long way away that's like a bit impressive, not that impressive, but like a bit impressive and then I lean really close to them and I say, that's called littering. (laughs) Because the joke is like, it's annoying when people try to impress you with their little things that they can do. Like party tricks are mostly annoying. Yeah. Except for my friend Ed, shout out to Ed, friend of the pod, he can skip his own arms. Whoa. That's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't think I would like to see that. That sounds creepy. It's cool. All right. Maybe. Imagine if someone could spin their head 360 degrees. It's basically that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I also thought that um, we should quickly say something about um, giant roadside attractions in Australia for Ralphie because um, last time we talked about it was the lost episode, which has gone. Oh, down. is that true? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Sorry, dude. <laughs> well, I guess the thing that we should talk about is how you had sent me a message and it said we've had a request to talk about big things in Australia, like big animals and stuff. And I thought you were talking about megafauna, (laughs) the giant, like, minivan-sized wombats that used to wander around. And so I did quite a lot of research about (laughs) megafauna. And then when I came to talk to you, you were like, no, no, not stupid megafauna, like, you know, the giant prawn and stuff. And I was like, oh, like close my four tabs of research about megafauna. Did you really do four tabs of research? I did a bit of research, yeah. Oh, that's great. I read a chapter in the book, Future Eaters. Have you read Future Eaters? No. Oh, you should read it. It's really good. Okay. It's basically about how, um, like, when indeed, like, when people first came to Australia, you know, they found this massive source of meat that wasn't afraid of them. Can you imagine? It would just be like such a boon. You would think mm. you died. You would think you were dead. <laughs> it could only exist in heaven. Anyway, obviously, very quickly. They move out all across Australia, hunt these animals to extinction, Mm -hmm. and then have this huge problem that very recently, like less than 100 years ago, there used to be 
huge grass eating giant mini bus sized wombats to eat all of the grass across Australia and now there isn't mm. and the, those grasslands catch on fire and like mm. ravage the country every now and again and so it's about how the indigenous populations come up with um long held traditions about how to manage the land in terms of fire but also about how to manage hunting so as not to cause these kinds of like extinctions anymore wow it's about like it's about creating cultures of custodianship of the land because Mm -hmm. of like reaching the brink of environmental collapse which you could argue we are currently in that moment now we are the future eaters yeah just refusing to learn from our mistakes yeah just like but basically that the the point is is like changes in ecology kind of happen we are constantly pushing the ecology of the world to the limit or the ecology of our environment to the limit Mm -hmm. and then what are the takeaways from that totally it's a really good book sounds really good i think tim flannery won or maybe he just won Australian of the Year. <laughs> I was going to say he won, I don't know, the Booker or something. Maybe he won both. They're not mutually exclusive. All right. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Moving on to what's your favourite giant roadside attraction? Um, I really like the giant Murray Cod, which is in Tokemwall, mm. which is famous for being the place on the Newell Highway where you move from... Victoria into New South Wales. (laughs) Hey, it's one of like two or three or maybe, I don't know, less than 10 places where you can go from Victoria into New South Wales because of the Murray River. It's the Murray, right? Yep. Not getting that wrong. Great. Yeah, it would be weird if they built a Murray cod on the Yarra, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'm just saying that like, would hardly being make a any place sense. where you can cross the Murray is like, you know, that's a good for you to open yeah. you know. So that's it's what true. I'm trying to say. Yeah. Also, one time my partner and I camped on the little um, – boat dock in Tokemall and when we woke up people were waiting to use the boat dock <laughs> why hadn't they just woken us up and moved us on I'm very it, seemed, polite. it seemed unbelievably polite it's <laughs> my memory of Tokemall um last time I drove through Tokemall I drove past the Murray the giant Murray cod which is definitely bigger than an actual Murray cod but not like not very it's giant. very modest it's modest isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it's very humble. But there was an elderly couple, like, taking photos of each other in front of it. It was very adorable. I found after that conversation several photos that I had taken and sent to a boy who I just met one time. Not And not, like, in a romantic sense, but I'd met him and then a few days later left to drive from Melbourne to Adelaide mm. and every time I'd passed a giant roadside attraction I'd taken a selfie and sent it to him and that was the only communication <laughs> we had. Wait, why did you drive past the Murray Cod when you were going to Adelaide? No, I didn't, but I oh. I drove past the giant crayfish. Oh, I don't know where that is. It's in South Australia. What about the koala? Did you, what, did you drive by Yes, the I took a photo of me in the koala. The terrifying koala with glowing red eyes for some reason. It was daytime though, so there was no glowing red eyes. But 
The thing about the koala is it's obviously a rectangle <laughs> that's just had not quite enough of it cut away. Yeah, it doesn't... Still <laughs> so rectangular. It's not the shape of a koala, which is why I think maybe that's my favourite roadside attraction. Yeah, I also like the one in um, Narandra where they have the la- the world's largest playable guitar, <laughs> which is like not that large because you still have to be able to play it. <laughs> and the world's largest guitar is in Tamworth, is that true? Supposedly, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, every year Tamworth gets printed in the um, Guinness Book of World Records for having the largest line dance in the world. Uh-huh. And every year it gets overtaken. But then before the next printing of the Guinness Book of World Records, Tamworth retakes the title. <laughs> so good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> They just base it around publication dates or something. Amazing. It's awesome. I'm <laughs> about it. You got to admire that single singular focus, you know, determination. Um, have you ever? Oh yeah. Also, I don't know if I said this, but Narandera, their town motto is "Take a meanderer around Narandera." Very good. Also, you can stay in the um, I can't remember the name of the pub. It's the Charles something pub maybe, um, for $30 a night. And it's one of those good, good Australian oh, old country really pubs good. where... $30 a night, that's a fucking bargain, mate. Yeah, but you can... It's even cheap... Oh, man, I could go on about the cheapest country pubs to stay in, but it's one of those good ones that hasn't been renovated since the 50s. So it's still got, like, an old the oldie-timey dining room with, like, like Dude, that is a blog I would subscribe to. You have to start a blog of the best cheap pubs to stay in in Australia. I will. I've got so many photos. Holy shit. My favourite one was, uh, or one of my, they're all my favourite, but one time I stopped in Juni to stay the night, which is, like, kind of near Narendra. Yeah. And um, they, the only room they had available was their, what they called like the penthouse or something it was actually just like three connected rooms filled with like miscellaneous furniture. <laughs> <laughs> like massive, like haunted rooms. <laughs> oh man, fuck, I love country pubs. They're so good. Uh, yeah, maybe I should start a blog. I bet there already is one. People love country pubs. I do. Anyway. It's really wild how much of Australia I know only by it's on blank highway. <laughs> yeah, totally. What a what a dumb country. Do you know what the oldest um, giant roadside attraction in Australia is? Is it the banana? It is the big banana in Coffs Harbour. In Coffs, yeah. Do they also have a giant prawn? I don't know. If they have, I haven't seen it. The whole time I lived in northern New South Wales, um, there was an abandoned, well, not abandoned, there was an empty um, uh, petrol station on the old Pacific Highway um, that must have gone bust. The big prawn is in Ballina. I'm sorry, it's in West West Ballina. Right, 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 a bit further north. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, there was a petrol station that was for sale the whole time that I lived there, and I had a dream of when marijuana eventually gets legalized 
to buy that petrol station and build a giant bong. I just think it would be like a massive money spinner. Oh, yeah. Great. It's a really good idea. It's amazing how you can make a lot of money just by building like a giant thing, you know? I find it difficult to believe that things that they actually make any money. Well, some are more successful than others, definitely. But I, like the big banana, like when it first was built, like did a really good job of um, bringing, I don't know, kind of like if you have to stop somewhere on the Pacific Highway, like building a giant banana is a pretty good way of convincing people to stop there, you know? I don't know. Maybe it's just because I was born and raised in a town that has a big thing. What is the big thing? Well, I was born in Tamworth. Oh, okay. So the the golden guitar. Yeah. Um, and also, like, in my town, there are four times as many hotel rooms as there are residents. Yeah. So, like, it's a big tourist town. Uh-huh. But obviously, like, the big guitar is not bringing anybody in you know what I mean like no one cares about that I would be interested to I mean I guess the reason that the Coffs Harbour became a regional centre is because it's basically halfway between Sydney and Brisbane yeah yeah probably not if to you do don't with want the it... banana at all <laughs> well also I'm guessing like the the bay the harbour there yeah but that's um that's um man-made yeah, but it still is a big port. Yeah, but they chose guess, to put it there, you know. Yeah, well, that's true, isn't it? Mm. But then again, like, I guess you've got to get the coal out somewhere, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. my fav- Some of my favourite ones that I, I'm looking up on the website, and I think... Um, like, whatever, avocados and fruit and apple and bananas and blah, 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 is whatever. Mm-hmm. But did you know that there's a big bench in Broken Hill? No. It's just, like, slightly taller than a regular bench. It's two times five the scale of a regular bench. <laughs> it's just, like, not that big. <laughs> it's really not that big. Like, people can sit on it. That's great. I love that. And then, like, um, the big cheese wheel Mm. which is not the shape of a cheese wheel at all it's it's just a water tower that they've painted with their cheese um when i was driving up to my old house with my friend ash friend of the pod um yeah we stopped in a town called nimita bell which has a really excellent bakery, highly, highly recommend if you're ever in that part of the Blue Mountains. And also like a, oh, I guess it's not a giant elephant. It may, maybe it's just a regular-sized elephant statue and like a series of bizarre like benches that you could sit on. It's like up and down the road, really weird benches. Check out my Instagram stories for more information on Nimita Bell. <laughs> Actually, you should actually um, go to my Instagram. When I was doing that road trip with Ash, I did um, town and country reviews for every town and, like, nature spot that we stopped in. Spoiler alert, everything gets five stars. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh yeah, that is quite good. Yeah. I really do appreciate your love of country towns because I think every single country town is identically shit and <laughs> awful. And like looking at the list of big things is like, oh yeah, now if you want to be a town in Australia, you've got to have two fish and chip shops that do mostly just potato cakes and have bay marines in them you've got to have four pubs they have to be called the royal the exchange the commercial and like <laughs> one and the golden fleece probably or the federal i don't know and then you've got to have one giant thing mm. you've got to have a park that has a slide that's also a rocket in it <laughs> They're all identical. One thing that all I didn't realise about every country town until I drove up um, to New South Wales with Ralphie is that every country town has a skate park. I'd never noticed oh, before. Yeah. Well, I think also a lot of them are, like, relatively new. Oh, okay. Like, Wangaratta and Benella, they both just put their... Um, both just built skate parks. Mm. Okay, now it's time for our new segment called The Worst Big Thing <laughs> and how we need to campaign to get rid of it. Okay. Um, which is the giant Captain Cook doing the <laughs> Hitler salute in Cairns. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, that's got to go. Because it is huge and it looms over the entire town. Wow. And I remember arriving in Cairns and being like, what the actual fuck <laughs> is going on? You can see it from everywhere. It's fucked up. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is it Paul Downable? Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. I, guess I mean, people in Cairns nothing really will care. stand forever. That's true. They pulled down the, you know... Um, the statues of Saddam. We can pull down that giant Captain Cook. Yeah, on a long enough timeline, all statues fall, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Especially that one, which is going to fall when I get really drunk in a couple of years in Cairns. <laughs> I'm sure people have t- tried to pull it down by tying it to their toe ball or something, and it's too strong. Yeah. Okay, the wild thing about the page of big things in... Australia is how many of them have been built since the year 2000. Really? Which should be illegal. Yeah. If you hadn't built it by the year 1985, yeah. you can't build it. I agree. I still think the Big Bong would be a good idea, though. Yeah, but we just wouldn't put it on the Yeah, you know? don't put it on the list. Yeah. I guess... There are two big koalas. Oh, Right, tragically, both of them are in South Australia. One is in Cows, uh-huh. and the other one, the one. one that we've seen, is in Dadswell Bridge. Yeah, weird name for a place. Yeah, well, it's really in Storwell, isn't it? I guess. I don't yeah, know. it's like just outside of Storwell, mm-hmm. and the one in Cows looks so much better. <laughs> like. I'm looking it up. Like, one of them looks like a giant turd and one of them looks like a giant koala. <laughs> and it's really humiliating that they've both been put... I'm sending you a picture. Okay. It's just really unfortunate that they've been put next to each other on this website. 
The other really great thing about the terrifying giant koala in Dadswell's Bridge is the postcards that you can get of the giant terrifying koala. I really love, like, bad Australiana postcards. Oh, yeah, that one definitely looks like an actual koala. (laughs) (laughs) Can you please make the the, the Dadswell's Bridge koala the episode art? It's so dumb. I love it. It's so bad. But also, is there a little... um like kiosk in the bottom of the Dadswell Bridge one. Yeah, you can go inside. That's where you buy the postcards and the tea towels and the. I think I'm pr- I'm pretty sure I have like a three D. It would be cool if you could climb up inside of it. You can like take a photo out of its nose or something. Oh, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's obviously terrifying. But if you had to choose one to keep, obviously you would not keep the one that looks like a koala. All right. Well, good pod, Sam. Yeah, I hope so. I feel like I was very boring this time. Maybe I was... Oh, I feel like we were just kind of like, um, like there's too much content. Yeah. There's too many important things to say at the moment. Yeah. Like the fucking DNCs going on. Oh, yeah. I went viral on Twitter. What else is happening? Fucking Cop Mala. Cop Mala. But... I've got so many good Cop Marla memes that I didn't get to use during the nomination, so that is exciting. That is good, yeah. That's a blessing in disguise. The silver lining is a train. I also listened to an Australian politics podcast the other day, and they were talking about how China's being a real dick to us at the moment with our trade stuff. Like they're saying that... um, Australian wine producers are trying to scam them by like dumping their shit wine on the market, on the Chinese market at below cost to try and destroy Chinese wine production. And so they're like, like China's having a fight with Australia over wine. Yeah. I mean, I think that the weird thing is, is that there's two acceptable positions to have on China. One is like China doesn't care about human rights. Unlike us, (laughs) don't we love human rights? like uh-huh. that's a weird narrative um but anyway or the other one is like these lies about the Ouija concentration camps it's actually not true america and and like the media are trying to convince you china are evil but they're not communism great and it's like those two narratives are both yeah. very dumb <laughs> like and you don't have to yeah. pick do you know what i mean like let's just all agree all state actors everywhere are bad because (laughs) nationalism is bad like statehood is bad the state and the way it functions is bad in like varying degrees we can then have conversations about which ones are more or less evil or which decisions Mm. are better or worse but all states are repressive Another thing that came up on this podcast, I'm sorry that I'm extending our dumb podcast longer, but another thing that came on this. No, whatever. Yeah, great. All the stuff from the beginning can go. The podcast is just about China now. Another thing that came up on the podcast was um, they were talking about how since um, Victoria had its um, spike in COVID cases, how the rest of the states have just gone completely mad and imposed these really intense kind of draconian restrictions on their own um, residents. Like, for example, South Australia, who 
um, is not even letting its own residents return home now. Like if you leave South Australia, you're like, that's it. You're, you have, you can't come back. Um, and how it's affecting just like farmers that like have properties on both sides of the border, like really vulnerable people who need to travel from one place to another for medical care. Like it's affecting um, people who live in communities like in Western Australia and the NT. I don't know. It's just like and yeah, everyone, like and- anyone that lives close to a border. Like we live in Wangaratta. It still takes you an hour to get to the New South Wales Victorian border. Mm. But our hospital is currently understaffed because many of the people who work at it live on the other side of the border. Yeah, like live in Wodonga. Mm. Albury is that the one on the other side whatever yeah Albury. it's i've never bothered to learn the difference because the border isn't real but now <laughs> we're fucked this is crazy yeah and it's now just like so fucking dumb Scott morrison has been forced to himself or maybe his office or whatever call um premiers from different states on behalf of individual citizens to be like look this tiny child needs treatment for like a spine problem just let her go to the hospital fucking hell it's fucking insane i don't know it's just dragging on and on and like for example a friend of mine wants to come and visit from tasmania but um tasmanian government has um said that they're until the first of december if you're traveling to tasmania if you're a resident, you have to still isolate for two weeks, even if you're coming from somewhere like South Australia, which has basically zero cases. Mm. Um, and if you're not a resident, you have to isolate in a hotel at your own expense for two weeks. Like, it's just, I don't know, I get that Tasmania is like an island and they want to, like, protect themselves or whatever. But, like, I just feel like there's a level of caution that's, like, extreme. I don't know. Yeah. I also think um, as somebody who can't drive into town twice in a day, the idea that you have to quarantine for two weeks, like, it doesn't really <laughs> seem that harsh to me <laughs> because I can't do anything. So yeah. I don't know. I just – the thing that I find the most galling is not – is, like, how much people – like, because people's first pre- – premise in a lot of conversations about COVID is like Daniel Andrews has not done anything wrong and mm. I would suck his dick like because <laughs> he hasn't had a day off in 54 days which like I'm not going to celebrate a dude who hasn't taken a day off in 54 days it sounds to me like maybe you have some kind of like delusion that you can c- have more control over this situation than you really do you don't have to kind of I don't know, either attack New South Wales or attack people that live in certain places or... For yeah, sure. Just the yeah. narratives around it are just insane. Yeah, everyone's lost their mind a little bit, I think. Yeah, which is only fair enough if you live in Victoria because... Holy shit, dude. Just intense <laughs> brain scorpions that there's no escape from. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's so bad. Oh. Well, look, um, new uh, cases today is 179. It's dropped below 200 for the first time in ages. Mm. So that's very good. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, yesterday I went to town to buy some milk and then when I came home and realised that my library books were due, I couldn't take them into town to return them. But yeah, 170-something, that's great. (laughs) 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 All right, I've got to go. I can't keep talking about lockdown. It's destroying my soul to go on. Okay, all right. Well, have fun at the hardware store. My God, I will! (laughs) I love the hardware store. I know, it's your favourite. Yes! All right, I'll talk to you soon, Sam. Okay. Hey, we're recording again on Tuesday. Tuesday, yes. I'll talk to you then. All right, love you, bye. Okay, love you too. Bye. Restaurants on a stakeout, so order the food to take out. Chaos, outside a spark steakhouse, maintain the power. I feel the deal's going sour, nigga, Mr. Wedding. Late a fucking half hour. And this man who bought land from Tony Starks while he was contracting, bricklaying jobs in city parks, he's a loan shark. Pitches rates a grand to a finger in the garment districts. Got it sewn like singers. Is all I talk blasphemy, this kid after me for the heights in the Burlington Coat Factory. Fuck it. Turn stakes on my nigga Castro, this cold pilot. We used to drop right sacks of blow on this remote area. We labeled Dead Man's Island, 200 miles south from Thailand. Right off the docks, I got the curious custom made yachts. Burial plots for my niggas hit with fatal shots. There's no need for us to spray up the scene. I use less men, more powerful shit for my team. Like my man Muhammad from Afghanistan grew up in Iran. The nigga runs a neighborhood newsstand, a wild Middle Eastern. Bomb specialist initiated at 11 to be a terrorist. He set bombs and bottles of champagne. And when niggas popped the cork, niggas lost half their brains. Like his ex-worker tried to smuggle a half a key in his left leg. He been underwent surgery. They say his pirate limp gave him away as the feds rushed them, coming through U.S. Customs. Now look who's on the witness stand singing, a well-known soprano, a smash hit from Sammy Gravano. Here's the plan, minimum for the hit, 200 grand, halftime at the game, blast the niggas out the stands. The sharpshooters hit the prosecutors, judges are sent, photographs of their wives taking baths along with briefcase filled with 1.5, that's the bribe. Take it or commit suicide, first rule. Anyone who schemes on the goal in Syria, I want their small intestines ripped from the interior. I got a price for those Jews shipping freight cargo. Don't forget to launder the cream through Wells Fargo. Reconstruct those processing plants for the call of Costa Rica. 400 barrels of ether, 200 pounds of reefer, and 50 immigrants with fake visas. Life of a drug dealer. Killer Hills, 10304.